Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. And uh, I I typically am known as the media member on this podcast, the host, uh, the the former reporter. Logan, the, the former NFL tight end. Of course, now though, Logan... You are a former NFL tight end and sideline reporter. Great job, buddy. It had to be fun to, to be <laughs> out there. Uh, as long as we remember, which is my job, we will talk about Logan's sideline debut later in the show, uh, but we do want to definitely start with the guys on the field. Um, I, I'll ask you this. like Walking off the sideline after the game, before we dive into the offense specifically, the defense specifically, like, how would you feel about how it went for the commanders? You know... I think uh, you have like your knee-jerk reaction. You're like, man, that could have been a little bit cleaner. But, you know, I think the real evaluation comes when you watch the tape, you know, and you kind of sit down and you start grinding it and look at everybody individually and say, oh, this is why this happened or this is why he did this. And um, I think that's always more uh, beneficial, kind of fleshes out your perspective a little bit. I'm sure for you too, like you just said, you were re-watching the game and um, like you you see things the more you watch it when you're on the sideline it's kind of like your immediate reaction you're like oh why is that guy in that spot you know why is this motion here and you don't really get a concrete answer until you go back and get to watch it a couple times so I think that's um you know like whatever my reaction was coming off the field I it's it's pointless because it doesn't mean anything until I get back and watch some more film yeah, I had a couple, I guess, initial reactions. Of course, it's always like, uh, do what, what do I want to like really focus on on film? And unfortunately right. for me, during the preseason, like film is a relative term because the All Twenty Two uh, for NFL Game Pass doesn't go live until the regular season, as far as I know. Um, so I How haven't been able to that, watch any. Way. Yeah, it sucks, but sucks. it is what it is. Um, so I I haven't had a chance to watch any All Twenty Two except for the replays that you guys showed on the broadcast, which were often narrated by you. Um, but uh, so so I guess I think whatever you you told me to watch because uh, I'm not in control of of those replays. But at the end of the day, like I think there were there were kind of two prevailing thoughts I had. One was yep. like that was all right, um, you know, nothing yep. nothing great, nothing bad. But also. Unfortunately, every time like same was on same, the Panthers won the matchup. Like when the Panthers ones were out there, they were better than the Washington ones. And those first two drives that Washington had offensively were against Carolina's ones. And then they put together a really nice scoring drive with Wentz and company, but it's against Carolina's twos. Now, it's also worth mentioning that kind of thing happens in football all the time where the first two drives are kind of a feeling out process and the third drive is where you might break through like that's the nature of the game but 
but then all of a sudden Carolina's twos come in, Washington twos come in, Carolina's got the upper hand. So it was like every time it was same on same, it's up. But I also don't want to read too much into that because we're talking about very small sample sizes within games, which really leads me to like the takeaway from that is simply that I'm very excited for next week to see more of the ones and more of the twos, not making any kind of declarative statement of the Washington Commanders versus the Carolina Panthers and what we think of each team in like some some larger context. I'm just like I saw enough that I'm intrigued for next week, but it is you would have liked to see more success of you know the Washington ones on the Carolina ones, uh, the the Washington twos on the Carolina twos, as opposed to kind of pulling ahead and and even being dominant at times when you had simply your better players on the field. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think like with that second drive specifically, I felt like there was kind of, uh, there was something developing. There was some kind of momentum. They got a conversion. And, I, you know, even the first drive, like I think a lot of people are like, oh, look at the first drive. Wasn't that good? But I liked the process there. You know, I like yep. that you're taking a shot to Armani Rogers there on, what is it, third and five, third and four, whatever it was. And I like that you felt comfortable enough to do that, like, the athletic matchup I mean he was matched up against a corner and so I think that speaks to how the staff is starting to feel about him but then the next drive they kind of a couple dink and dunks completion here completion there and the ball it was kind of moving in the fumble right and I think that that was coming off the field that was the biggest takeaway I think for me was um like just how disappointing that was for Antonio Gibson you know I'm a big fan of his I like like the way it works and my conversations with him seems like a very nice guy um but he he's not going to play if he continues to do that you know and then right. like well, especially even, when Robinson comes in and it's like oh wait that's the other option yeah he was awesome. I think and we can talk about Robinson we'll talk about Robinson right now like I think Robinson did some really nice things and like you see somehow I got his first like good run I think it was like eight yards nine yards you see how he's setting up blocks and kind of drawing linebackers to double teams. Uh, you know, it's not like he played a perfect game. You know, he missed some cuts later in the game. I think two or th- two runs that I would say he probably missed up some cuts. But I think you see the potential there of having someone and, you know, why that kind of nebulous term of vision is so important for running backs, right? Because it's not like he's crushing people as a runner. It's like his vision is very good. He's, his feel, he sets up stuff very nicely. And so I think that just elevates the O-line. And, you know, and I had conversations with the O-line throughout the week at various guys and they were like man like it's so fun to block for him and he's going to be special and that group understands like how important those angles are for for them and so uh yeah I, I agree I think I think if um I think if 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 Gibson continues to struggle like Robinson will get like we've talked about I think he, he's going to get a lot of touches this year regardless but I think that number could shift pretty drastically if AG struggles and now this is one game it's one right. game, it's one carry, so that's important to keep in mind also. Right, but at the same time, it is kind of the similar conversation we've been having with Wentz, um, which is like, if he's doing something poorly that is new to us as Washington people, but is similar to what he's done in the past, is it really new? And so right. for some of the footwork stuff and whatever with Wentz, it's like, oh no, this is a continuation. And for Gibson, obviously it's in the same uniform, I guess different yeah. uniforms, but you get you for the same organization. Uh, by the way, right. the uniforms, getting to see them for real in the fir- for the first time, those things are sick. Like, good job. Yeah, I thought they were good pretty job. good too. Good job. Like the ombre on the number. Good stuff. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is that Gibson has had fumble issues. He's got to be able to hold on to the ball. 
And if not, then they're, they're not going to use him because you, you can't yeah. like trust is the most important thing. Um, as far as the vision stuff with Robinson, I think the easiest way for like the average fan watching to understand vision is how easy does it look to get four yards when it's just like all right. of a sudden it seems like you just get the, oh, oh, he got four yards at second and six and it, and it looked really easy. It's because the back set up the blocks really, really well. And like most plays are designed to get four, then you make someone miss, and that's how you get a big one because you can't block right. everybody based off numbers. But you can you can easily get up to the second level, um, and so that's the kind of thing that you know I, I think just time after time after time, it just seems like the line is four yards down the field that there is a crease for him to get up in. And even if he doesn't pop out the other side, like you're moving the ball forward in, in the chunks that you need to. And Robinson has that really, really easily, really, really well. And I think you saw it. Um, and it's funny, too, because I feel like he was presented as like this big, giant, you know, bowling ball kind of back. Like he's big, but he's tall and he's like he's I don't want to say lean, yeah. but like he's he's a different body type than I think some people described him as coming out of college like this you know just bowl you over power back like he's got some shiftiness to him he's got some quickness to him like he's a, a great really feed. really yeah. good back yeah yeah he's an excellent back and he had a nice catch on the screen i think you kind of saw like what we've seen throughout training camp is you've seen excellent vision you've seen great contact balance on the days where they are attack or where, where they're going thud you see great contact balance that was on display um you know and like i said he missed two cuts i thought i was like you know like where he kind of he he put himself in a bad position and missed it. But I say on the whole, like he gets a very, you know, maybe B, B plus kind of grade from me. And I think he's one of the highlights coming out, right? You know, I got to interview Ron going into the locker room at halftime. And he was just like, you know, first thing he said to me is like turnovers. We got to be better with the turnovers. And like, that's obviously very pressing on his mind. But he's like, I've been, I really like the, the, the young back. And I really like the young tight ends. They they all they all did an excellent job. So I think both those uh, you know Brian obviously I think impressed even in the coach's mind. And you know some of that stuff is hard to hard for coaches to kind of understand on the sideline because you know yeah. uh, they, they don't see the miscut, they don't see the whatever. Right. But I think on the at whole, best you they can look at the pictures. But that's that's all they got. It's still shots right. even on the iPads. At least I I think it's still. I think they might be changing that soon. But I think it's I still hope they just change it just. Soon. Uh, I think it's still just still shots that they're allowed to, to draw and on the on the uh, the surface tablets. Sorry, Microsoft, Correct, yeah. you pay a lot of money uh, to, for me to call it an iPad. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I think I think that's good. And you know, like back to the offense as a whole, like that. Then you then you come out, and I think the I think it's the is the first down, third down, whatever it was, the completion of Terry McLaurin. I think shows yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was a drive start like, on that third drive. Yeah, left hash. You know. Carson Wentz throws a freaking laser beam, you know, to the to the far side of the field, and I think that to me kind of shows you why you paid you paid that money to get him in here, quite frankly, because that throw yeah. or any iteration of that throw is like not on the table, right, in, in any way, shape, or form. And he made it look easy. And again, this is another important thing to note: is the offensive line did an outstanding job giving him clean pockets. Like we've talked about the O line quite quite a bit, and like how when the, when there's pressure, Carson struggles because his mechanics go down. Like he had beautiful pockets beautiful places to step up kind of work his footwork and make sure everything was good so kudos to that group i thought they did a really nice job norwell did a nice job in the run game uh and in, in pass for everyone did a, everyone did a really nice job with that first group um 
And so I think that's important to note. Like that, just the ability for him to push the ball like that was great to see. Um, and uh, and like I think it speaks to kind of where this offense could be going. I also thought Scott Turner did some nice stuff. Had some nice wrinkles in to kind of put guys in a good spot. Um, just from like a motion pre-snap alignment standpoint, which is which is great to see that they're kind of thinking about the game that way and they're putting themselves in good good situations. Yeah, definitely. I, I liked the game overall from Turner. Um, from what I could tell, um, I I will here here were my notes on Wentz. I thought he was really solid. I thought the way he moved in the pocket was excellent. Like he manipulated the pocket a couple of times to buy himself time to to move around the rush, get just enough, and keep, but he kept his base. It wasn't like you know because I think sometimes that's the frustration with Carson is he is so talented from a true arm strength standpoint that he can flick a ball and can get it there sometimes that he gets I don't want to say it's lazy because that that implies like there's a lack of care but he he gets uh he gets off with his his uh attempts to throw off platform or whatever sure and instead he just kept his base moved around in the pocket manipulated the space that was available and then was able to deliver ball after ball um the two deep balls I think are like he gave his guys chances. They need to be farther outside the way I saw them. Um, and one maybe to you, Terry. It was one to Terry. And then the one, one to Terry two. and then the one to Rodgers on, on the first third down. Like There's space yeah. to the sideline. And if he throws that high and away to the sideline, maybe Rodgers comes down with it and the defender's not even in the equation. But he gave his guy a chance. Yeah. Like, it's a kind of throw that, one, it's a really hard throw, so you're never going to kill a guy for that doesn't like put a perfect ball on a really hard throw. But if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna take notes on it, like you like that ball a little higher and outside. Same thing with Terry. There's Terry did a really good job of kind of holding the space, and there's a plenty of room to the sideline. You'd like to see him throw that ball where the defender can't get over and, and be involved, and it's kind of Terry or nobody type of territory. But like again, he gave Terry a chance. I think the one he, the chance he gave Rodgers is a much better chance than the chance he gave Terry. But like, it's not a bad ball. It's not horrendous. And and by the way, more importantly, like like I think you've said a couple of times, like I like the process. I like the decision. And and yeah. you know, you take those shots and you live with the result. And that's the kind of thing we've been talking about with Wentz it, compared to someone like Heineke last year. Like Heineke doesn't give you that shot. Um, not at least at the percentage that Wentz does. And so the ability to, to really threaten downfield and be like, hey, if your defender's not there, like we got easy, we got easy buckets. Like that's that is a, a threat that changes defenses. That and the willingness to take it is something that has an effect that that matters for your offense. So yeah, would you like to see those completed? Sure. Is that you know what I just said in terms of getting them higher to the outside, which he clearly has the arm strength to do, how you'd complete them? Yes. But I don't want that to overshadow the immense amount of good he did from on time, on target balls, the way he moved in the pocket, the decisions, the general command of the offense, um, and and including, by the way, handling some pressure uh, at, at times when the offensive line didn't hold up in specific instances, and then making throws around that, and that, that gets back to that that pocket manipulation that he had, um, which included some patience at times. Like the first third down conversion they had, Rodgers fell down. And Wentz had a little yeah, bit of pressure, and he stuck with it and, and made the throw. Like that's that's big time NFL quarterbacking, and, and you saw it from Carson yesterday. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Like uh, you were talking about the throw to Armani and the throw to Terry. It's almost like this throw should have been switched. Like I remember thinking in the game, and then when I watched it, that uh, the throw to Armani probably should be a back shoulder throw. You know, as opposed yep. to kind of up and outside because um, like you've got a size mismatch and Armani had a step but I feel like you feel more comfortable there if you just put it kind of back and let him kind of open his hip and catch the ball there um, instead of trying to beat it over the top and then that was kind of yep. the ball he gave to Terry 
And then Terry's throw, I think maybe that was in his mind a little bit. And then the one to Terry, I thought Terry, I, I disagree a little bit. I think Terry could have held the space a little bit better, but he did leave that like a back shoulder throw. And I think like that's one that's got to be maybe a little bit more over the top. The safety was coming or whatever, but again, I, I, I agree with your your analysis generally that like they, it's they good both that he's need to be shots. closer to the sideline. Um, and yeah. you know, and, and I think it's easier to see by the way on tape than the TV copy sometimes. So you, I will, I will oh, defer yeah. to your judgment there because you have a, a better angle of it. But they need to be closer to the sideline. But again, the process was good. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the the one throw that kind of like irritated me was the throw to Curtis Hodges. Um, and not because he got Curtis Hodges like smoked was because like that concept, you got like a shallow cross or a drag route or whatever you want to call it, coming across at five yards, which is the tight end. And you've got like a, uh, what I would, what I call like a, an over, like coming in mm-hmm. behind it, like a climb route or like a deep cross in Kyle's Yeah, basically offense. you start you start as an outside receiver, slot receiver, and and you kind of gradually climb vertically as you go across the field. So it's Correct. I think I've heard it called a sail route before too, like over route. Um, you know, so I've, I've heard, I've heard it different things. Yeah, but you're yeah, you're kind of yeah, making a, a big arc as you as you go across the field. Right, and it kind of yeah, and so you're coming across the field, and the the idea is you're high lowing that um, in this case like the will linebacker, and so you want the will to either drop underneath the uh, the high cross or come down and attack the uh, the drag, and the linebacker was attacking the drag, and so the throw for the high cross, which I think was Terry, was beautiful. It was like right there, and it's and the thing about that concept, which is really nice, is it's right in the quarterback's vision, so I can see the cross to the linebacker to the high cross, you know what I'm saying? And then I can just right. make the throw just by adjusting my uh, how I'm driving off my front foot. And he threw it to the tight end, tight end got smoked, but there was a huge void there. So I think that's something that, again, like in a game where he played pretty well, it's hard to find things to kind of be critical of, and that's one thing that I would say, oh, you know, I, I'm sure he would like to have that one back. Yeah, and that's the thing about watching tape, that, and this is where I can't give analysis and, and you can based purely on the access to the tape that we have at this point of the season but like you know I, there were games I used to watch Kirk and be like oh that was a pretty good game from Kirk and you go back and you be yeah. like Jesus Christ man you left you left 200 yards on the field you left three touchdowns on right. the field like easy stuff um, that, that your read should have taken you here um, and the more you do it, the more you realize that's kind of every game very rarely yeah. does a quarterback collect everything that's out there sure. but that was something I wanted to ask you was like having had the chance to watch it back, like how, like Dick, how was Carson's decision-making? Because just cause you have like go 10 of 13 and you know, two of your incompletions are good decisions, et cetera. doesn't mean that you made the right decisions. It seems like though, based off everything you've said that, that you're pretty happy overall with how he processed the offense. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there was a couple of those where I felt like he was getting a little check down happy in the beginning of the game. You know, like talking about reactions coming off the sideline, like a little check down happy. Then you watch, you're like, I kind of see what's going on here. And sometimes I think like those concepts where you're trying to take shots could be engineered a little bit better to kind of encourage the shot, you know, encourage what you're trying to get out of it. Maybe you you run a crosser to kind of pull this linebacker out of this window or whatever. But I, I thought for the most part he did a good job. And then, like, um, you know, the throw to McKissick, like those are easy reads. Those are easy throws. The throw to Curtis Samuels, an easy read. Like it's kind of like yes or no, and it's yes. And so you make that throw. So those aren't – I think those were kind of um, – like, again, like there's no – not a lot of reading going on with those, for example. And the rest of his throws were, were pretty much checkdowns, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't like – uh, a super challenging uh, outing, but I think that that's okay. 
Like I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with Scott Turner finding ways to get the ball out of his hand quickly and effectively to good playmakers, and uh, you know, what with well designed offensive structure. And then I'm glad that he's checking the ball down because it keeps you on schedule, right? You know, and I'm also right. glad that Scott Turner um, was calling pass plays on first and first down. Like you know, the first yes. the first play of the game was a run. And then after yes. that, it was there was some pass plays involved, which I like. You know, it's kind of like let him find his rhythm and let's do it on first down. And so I think that that was um, that was good. You know, I think just generally minus the turnovers for the offense, I think you feel pretty solid. I, I was again, I was very impressed with the offensive line. Thought the receivers were a touch quiet, but you know, like that happens in preseason sometimes. And um, I think I think it was a good first step, and I think it shows a nice progression from where they were three weeks ago in training camp where they were having trouble completing a ball. So it's 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 all good things, and um, hopefully what you want to see is is growth and progression with this group of playmakers. So, Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to some of the rest of the offense. Uh, and, and really I, what I mean by that is like the second, third team guys. Um, sure. The interception from Taylor, I don't really put that on him because I think he got hit. Um, I liked, yeah. you know, he's, he's taking a chance there. Um, you know, not taking a chance. Like he's 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 trying to get a first down on a third and long, and it sucks because you're in field goal range, and that's the kind of situational turnover that's real bad. And I'm sure Ron was irked. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, what's he supposed to do? He got hit. The ball sails on him because he got hit. Um. But uh, you know, overall, I think Taylor was like Taylor, and and he reminded you why you're happy to have him as a backup, and why you're happy he's not your starter. Um. Right. He throws the one hospital ball over the middle to Diami. That's that's not ideal. Um, has a, a bunch of other like good plays, just solid quarterbacking, some some solid runs. Um, to me, Taylor was Taylor. I don't know how much there is really to talk about with him, other than like he was what he what he always is. Yeah, I felt like he looked he looked kind of like again he looked like himself. He looked a little unsettled. Like I think the thing that's really frustrating about his outing is that miss to Dax on the sideline off the keeper. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The keeper, the naked action. Like that was a yep. bad miss. You know, and that's a big play. And um, that's, again, like kind of who he is, you know, like he, he made some stuff with his legs, which is great. The uh, the pass to Diami, I think I like that he's taking that shot. You know, I think that's more on the guy who's running the clear route. And I, I don't know how they're coaching that, so I can't comment exactly. But I'd like the guy, uh, in Cam, Cam Sims in this case, to run right through the post safety as opposed to like running across the field. Because the second you run across the field, you let that post safety pass it off. And he can attack that uh, that downhill pretty aggressively. So, um, but I like that he's taking the shot with that, you know. And um, but I think the Dax Milne miss was was rough, and he had a couple of those. Just kind of like again, like he was who he was. He he is who we thought he was, kind of thing. And uh, and um, you know, you, again, like he's a guy that I like a lot. So I want to see him make more plays. And when you have a layup like that, throw to Dax on the sideline, like let's yeah. make those layups, you know, let's make those completions and. Um, but yeah, again, early in the preseason for him, didn't get a lot of opportunity, and um, you know, I think they, I think he's very well established as the two. I don't think there's any talk about you know Sam Howell taking over that spot at all. Like he's going to be the two well, the season. And well, I mean, there should like what I'm saying is there, there should, should be. be. But let's there talk about be. how because this this is probably the yeah. part of the podcast that's everyone's going to be searching through. Like I should put a note in the the episode description. We'll talk about how at the 22 minute mark you can fast forward there to the part that you all want to hear. <laughs> Because he's a rookie, we know how this this goes. I expect fully on my radio show later today to have lots of Sam Howell talk, lots of Sam Howell calls. Um, I thought he looked really good. Like I, I thought he looked like again. It's you're playing against threes and fours. Um, you're playing with threes and fours, but 
he looked composed. He looked like it didn't look too big for him. The arm strength pops on television, like in a way that I yeah. didn't even notice it in practice. Like it's almost because I'm used to watching games on TV at this point after a couple of years of pandemic football. Um, and right. like it's 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 the same comparison, uh, you know, speed wise, especially coming right after Heineke's out there. And like yeah. that ball, he I mean, he can really drive it. And I thought his decision making was was pretty good. Obviously, shows you a little bit with the legs, the the touchdown. Like I thought, Hal had a really good day, and it's the kind of thing where I come out of it not going like, "Oh my God, why is he competing for Heineke's job?" Nevertheless, Wentz's like, if you're doing that, you're you're way out over your skis. But it right. is the kind of thing where I'm like, maybe this fifth round pick has something to him, and like, maybe you know, maybe he's a, a future starter. Um, you know, it, it based off of. Of one game, sure, but it's not the kind of thing where sometimes you watch the one game and you go, "Oh my god, that guy can't play at all." Like he's he's got something right. to him there uh, from a composure, so, from moxie, from arm strength, from everything standpoint. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he deserves you know all of his flowers today. You know, two days after the game, but I do think it's important for fans to understand. Like, if you look at the way he was operating in like the deep. I'm going to say the deep third of the field to the right side. He threw probably, I want to say four, maybe five balls to that side that probably should have been picked off. You know, like he left two deep, deep throws like inside that against good corners get picked off. Right. It was kind of, those are like college throws. You know what I mean? That, that weren't quite there. Um, he got a little antsy in the pocket at times and missed some re you know what I mean? Like he did young quarterback stuff. So like for all those people who say, Oh, like he should be the two or he should start like he, like he did a great job. He did a really, really nice job, but he still has a lot of growing to do to be someone who's playing, competent quarterback in the NFL like like you mentioned like the level of competition he's going against is significant right because like those mistakes that he made with the football like those are those are college mistakes and he just came from college so totally understandable but if he makes those against the varsity or the ones like they're interceptions you know they're they're turnovers and right now we're talking about him having this really nice sheet and this really good day but like he could have easily had three turnovers easily easily three turnovers so again I think he did a really nice job. He read the middle of the field very nicely. He threw like the two excellent digs, working through his progression. The two-point conversion is awesome. Kind of working uh, right to left as the offense and finds the open guy who's been dropped because there's a pick. You know, all that stuff is great. And the scramble, love that. Um, you know, the throw under pressure to Hodges, it's a little high. Love the moxie to kind of sit in the pocket. So it did a ton of good things, but I think it's important for fans to understand. And, and I think you understand this, Craig, that like they're, while that was good, there's still a lot of growing for him to be even even in the conversation they'll say oh like well he's the two now or he's to, you know what I mean like he's got a, and like and I think there is a really good chance he's the backup next year if he continues to play like this and Heine, they let Heineke walk and he's the guy but um but again that's a year away is, is kind of what I'm what I'm bringing here yeah yeah definitely all right anybody else on the offense specifically that we want to touch on before we swing things over to the defense well, I think obviously, just real quick, the young tight ends. I think both Armani yeah. and Curtis Hodges had really nice games. Uh, I think Hodges had a couple, like what what appeared to be mental mistakes or like just kind of lack of comfort kind of in the run game. But I'd say on the whole, I'd say like 90% of what he did was very, very positive. You would have liked him to score on that rub route on the end zone. But again, Carson's a little 
yep. tight with the ball, a little conservative with the ball. It's like on his backside shoulder. You like that out in front so he can fall in. But it's funny because they missed that same throw earlier in training camp, and it was too far outside. So, again, maybe they're kind of overcorrection there. Um, Armani, I thought, had an excellent game. He was very physical, um, which is something you want to see from a guy who's making the conversion and kind of looked like a varsity player, which is – yeah. Which is good to see. So he, I think both he those... did not stand out as a guy who didn't belong with with all the sure. ones that were out there. Sure, and I think um, now it becomes a really interesting conversation in terms of who's the fourth guy because you've got two guys who could obviously play football, and now can you get one of them to practice squad? Is the next question, and I don't know if the answer is yes. So, but so you know, right now it's Logan Bates Turner, and then who's the of those two who you take? Who you keeping? And uh, I think that's the million-dollar question for that position group right now. Right. Uh, by the way, Sam East in uniform played a couple of snaps of special teams. Is he like was that an injury thing? Do you think or like what's up with him not playing? Considering so, yeah, he tweaked his hamstring late in the week last week, and I think he, I would, I based he didn't practice. Uh, right. I was actually was surprised he, he was in pra- uniform, and then when he was, right. and he played a couple of snaps of special teams, but no tight end. Considering how thin they were, that they yeah. were, I was like, that's. That's odd. It's weird, right? Yeah. I think maybe they, they were like, we want to see you get some teams work. Uh, and I, he might have tried to go and then re-aggravated it. I haven't talked to him yet. I'm going to see him today probably. But again, like I, I would say because of the injury, because of how late in the week it happened, like it's probably related to the hamstring. It's probably nothing serious, but he probably was like, I need to play, knowing knowing the room environment, knowing the climate, and uh, probably aggravated it. I, I would I would assume. That's all an assumption on my part. So don't take that as Bible or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm sure that Ron will have an update uh, later today when he speaks. 